0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Saint George's Runners Stop, the official podcast of the Church of Saint George the Martyr in Kilsirpa, alongside the Chaplaries of Saint Mark and Saint Monica's. I'm Lindsay Shooters, and I'm joined, as always, by the Venerable Archdeacon Rodney Whiteman, Rodney. Father Rodney, how are you doing?
1: Good afternoon, Lindsay. Uh, through the grace of God, doing well, suffering a bit with the post-nasal drip, but yes, it's,
2: it's springtime,
1: the time of season. <laughs> um, we all have to live with that. And the family are doing relatively well, thank you. I trust the same for you and your family.
0: Yes, very much so. We are obviously recording this on All Saints Day and Halloween, all falling on the same day. It's the lovely time of year. And yeah, the theme that you have extracted from the college is, Do Saints Matter? And this is, I <coughs> stopped dead when I saw this. Like I didn't even... Go so, like I just my mind just started flowing to a place where, and I addressed you as the venerable for a reason because that is it's step number one of becoming a saint in like, the <laughs> Catholic Church, <laughs> and importantly, um, the venerable speaks to someone who is heroic in virtue so we had um at saint george's we've obviously been very very lucky to have canons and like bishops and archdeacons like cycle through the church and um i think bishop margaret was the right reverend margaret virtue which is just the most The Best surname to have if you're going to take up absolutely, (laughs) Absolutely. and you are the venerable. Can you unpack what makes you venerable? I think let's let
1: me start off by saying take away from the word the sense of title
2: Mm -hmm.
1: because the sense of title can easily come with entitlement of a position, Mm. Mm. and for me. It's more of a function that I am playing in terms of the life of the, and order of the church across the diocese to assist the bishop with her ministry, her episcopal ministry in the diocese. And so the function is a call to humility and a call, therefore, to serving so that we create an order, a collegiality amongst the clergy, and a sense of community and connectedness in the diocese through the establishments of of pockets of archdeaconries. Mm. Um, A sense of community is a very important part, and in that community, we need people who are called to ensure that the community is of the kingdom of God and so the traits of the community are the fruit of the spirit, uh, which is love, joy, peace and all the kind of things that Galatians speak about it. Mm. It's also yeah. about the wor- the worship of God, the witness of God through the gospel. It's also seeking um, to have Um, A role within society, a caring for the vulnerable and to to ensure that all of these ministries challenging the powers that be, all of these Mm. ministries Mm. are done by people who are trained, people who have experience, people who have served and are aware that it's not about them, but it's in service of the church. So being venerable doesn't make me better because, because it's a title. It calls me to a sense of even deeper responsibility, um, a shared responsibility with all the people of God, of which I play a role of coordination. I play a role of care. I play a role of empowerment. I play a role of um, collating. Um, so that we can begin to help one another grow in the various uh, parts of where the church finds itself in our diocese. So it all has to do with function and and, and service and the attitude which serves. I mean, can you imagine a venerable is somebody who's arrogant in hmm. their attitude That doesn't say anything about their venerability. Hmm. So it's really somebody who is a servant at heart. And I'm not a better servant than anybody else, but that's what I believe I'm called to do. I'm sharing in a ministry of Christ. I'm sharing that ministry of Christ with the bishop, with my colleagues, whether they be senior clergy or whether they be people that just come in now as the newly ordained. And also with the lay people of God, because we all make up the church. We're all together members of the church. Mm. And to ensure that church policies are upheld, because all of these things, legislation is important because it gives credibility to ministry. It gives credibility Mm. to witness and it protects people. Uh, And that is why we play these kind of important uh, functions. In the life of the church so yes i think it's a call to a deeper sense of what it means to be a servant in the in the form of jesus mm. who, who came not to be served but to serve and to give himself
0: yeah uh, as a ransom for me so i um,
1: better than that i can't put it to you
0: <laughs> so importantly uh in anglican faith um saints are considered Pretty much everybody who has died
1: um, Yes, I think that we have a level of saints, and there's a distinction between us, because there's all Saints' Day, first mm. November, all Souls Day, second of November.: Yes. Now, why are there a discrepancy between the two? Now all of these things, all of these celebrations come as a result of reading the scriptures also reading history of the church
2: mm.
1: and so there's a belief for example um, that there's a powerful spiritual be- the bond between heaven which is the church triumphant and the living which is the church militant
2: mm.
1: and in catholic theology the, the day commemorates all those who have attained the beaut- beautific vision in heaven. Mm. So, in other words, saints are those, and when you listen to, when you read all the colleagues of the saints,
2: mm.
1: they are ordinary people whose dedication was God and mm. the church in community, some of which lived their life of prayer, worship witness and work and holiness um at great cost to themselves physically and 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 in family great sacrifice that they gave up because their focus was Jesus and what he came to do on earth and what god was doing through him so some died natural deaths as a result of sickness yeah others were martyred um Others, others' teaching gave impetus to the life and witness of the church. Others um, did marvelous work as priests because at that time they would go and establish churches mm. in very difficult circumstances. So some um, wrote books, some taught on prayer. So there's various reasons why these people were there. Um, but I think it all relates to the Hebrews, um, letter of the Hebrews, where we hear of this great cloud of witnesses that is (coughs) in heaven. Mm. They are encouraging us to run the full race of faith and not to give up. It's also this understanding of People have gone before us. If you look at your mother and your father,
2: Mm. sure,
1: we are people. We are going to have people with mistakes and shortcomings. But you will also, if you reflect deeply, appreciate what they they taught you Mm. by their life and their teaching. And you will often make reference to them when an occasion arises for you to recall what they taught or the way that they were. For example Mm. some people Mm. may say we were not wealthy people but when somebody came through the door at supper time even though we were a huge family my mother made sure that that person also got a plate of food Mm. and we would Mm. often say I don't know how she did it but somehow there was food for someone other than just the family then you look at that particular function as a saintly function Mm. As one that respected the gift of food, as one that didn't allow poverty to get the better of them and they, be, they allowed themselves to be victimized, but as mm. somebody who was mm. able to think beyond the boundaries of personal comfort and to be as inclusive as possible. And even if the person who came through the door is wealthy, they practiced. Um, that mother would have practiced the sense of hospitality. Gather mm. that person around the table. So these are what we would see as very holy actions if we reflect deeply on them.
2: Mm.
1: Now, you you wouldn't have pontificated that your mother must be um, canonized in the church to become a saint. But in a way, at every all souls... Sundays or every false service, Mm. those who have gone before us are mentioned. We in our prayers have said, may they rest in peace and rise in glory.
2: Mm.
1: We have asked God to give them the benefit of his mercy. Mm. And so they, therefore, in our faith are part of this heavenly body of saints who themselves have run the race of life that you and I are running right now. Mm. And therefore, we look at their lives as encouragement to keep going in the way of God. So Mm. saints are those who have been canonized, but saints are also part of those who are living amongst us today and those who from our own families and communities have gone ahead whose names we remember because mm. their lives were simplistic and holy.
0: Yeah, so so this year we are going the full hog. We creating an ofrenda. Um, if people are not aware, it's like an altar where you place um, trinkets and pictures of your family. In Mexican culture, um, it's they celebrate All Souls' Day as Dia de los Muertos. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it's just because we've consumed a lot of like media where it's celebrated like a lot of like movies and stuff, um the physical act of remembrance I think is resonating a lot. Um I, I have to give credit to Manique because she's kind of been pushing this forward, spearheading this kind of movement. She's collected the images and everything, and she's built the little altar. Um and it it's so important because like part of being a saint besides for like the virtues that you have to is the very first thing that they say like in the textbook of <laughs> beatification is that they must be a teacher um so like like you were saying you you were recounting about your your mother and your your like my mother taught me the value of persistent progress towards your goal like she I am still to truly appreciate the sacrifices that she has made in her life. But the one thing that stands out is even though she was making all the sacrifices, being a single mother for us, she just stayed the course, and pretty much everything she set out to achieve she achieved on on a long enough timeline. My father again. And I mean, I, I've, I've captured both of my parents within, I've eulogized them at, at their funerals. And in both eulogies, I did make mention to the fact that they were not perfect people. Um, some people have criticized the fact that I, I brought it up. But I mean, I think you have to remember the, the good and the bad and then take what good you can extract from both those narratives forward. Uh, my father was, he taught me the value of a devotion to your task. Um, he was very pedantic, very detail-oriented um, in the work that he did. And he worked until the job was done. <laughs> you know, right. like Even when he had the cancer stuff, like he was still called into the plant to come and sort out the man deployments and all that thing because they knew that they needed someone to get the job done and he was the guy to do it. I mean, I've always tried to Show those virtues as well that I've carried on from my parents, like um, to my but then to, to this point of the all souls and the people who have gone before us, um, being regarded as lower tier saints. Um, in the gospel, which is according to Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 12, Jesus kind of really spells it out for the disciples. Um, where it's like blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs are the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted Blessed are the meek yeah blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness um yeah all these things that that we should see in everybody's journey like even even a even someone like president jacob zuma who's been obviously being taken to court now um as many people know finally starting to pay back some of the money <laughs> um, yes. we we can never lose sight of the impact that he's had on south african history um where when we came out of apartheid when there was the handover of power um the the kwazulu natal region was very much against what the the type of peace, the type of agreement that, that um, Mandela and Co. were trying to negotiate. And Jacob Zuma played a pivotal role in stabilizing that conflict. And yeah, even like Donald Trump, for all of his failings that we see, like there's so, it's patently true that some people, a large number of people are finding it easier to put a plate of food on the table to feed their families under the Trump regime. like as crazy as we might think that sounds like that is the underground experience for millions of Americans. so yeah, like the, the point I'm trying to make is like in remembering every in remembering the saints, like do us what what's it what was the question do? Saints do, matter. do saints matter? For me, if it's talking about remembering what they did, learning from the teaching and learning from the mistakes, yes, I think saints still matter.
1: <laughs> yeah, abs- absolutely. And I don't think you would because there's always people striving for a, an amount of virtuosity. There is no doubt in my mind that people are At the bottom of everything, people are wanting to be good, Hmm. and people are wanting to leave an impression of goodness, uh, leave their mark on the world and on the life of others for the sake of good. But what are the intentions of all of that?
2: Hmm. You
1: know, whilst it's fine to say that Zuma played this, this role, he didn't play it alone. There were others, but he was a... Uh, a leader, amongst mm. others, who ensured that that the 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 KwaZulu Natal area could hear what the benefits are of going it together uh, for a new South Africa, mm. Um, mm. and and with everybody. I mean, now the question that I have is: there supposed to also be a sense of humility, because my achievement is not mine alone. Mm it is it is together with somebody else it's within community mr trump hasn't put bread on people's table before he came in there was other presidents who worked hard to try and get the goal over for the benefit of all and they were building on previous people's work mm. Mm. so to now say that it's only that person that's doing that without recognizing we cannot do this all by ourselves. That's a lie. Mm. We're doing this together, but in, you may be on the bridge at this time, sure, and you may have taken the boat a little further forward in the storm towards his mm. destiny, but there were other people assisting you and that you were called to the bridge at that time to do that. But you can never walk away with this thing that Mr. Trump did. I'm the chosen one. Mm. Those kind of stuff is not what the saints were about.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: They were servants. They continued to serve. Um, Your, your, our parents. um, My parents never said to me, do you remember all the good I did for you? You see, they did it without any remuneration, without any want of saying, when you work, I'll sit back and then you'll earn for me now that I've given you everything that I could do for you. So I think we must realize we cannot do anything on our own. We mm-hmm. work with mm-hmm. others for the benefit of all. So what, what was saying? So these saints were all part of communities. They were part of communities of the church, but they did stand out. I mean, um, last month on the fourth of October, we gave thanks to God for um, for Francis of Assisi, mm. a man known to care for and include animals in his sense of community, mm. when nobody else was doing that. Last this week past, we did somebody. Two saints were together, um, St. Simon and St. Jude, who were mm-hmm. both apostles. Mm-hmm. Now, the, his, the historical bibliography around them, it's very interesting that, that that Jude was was almost seen as Judas Iscariot until at some point history said it, they could no longer link him to that. You know yeah. what he, yeah. what he is the patron saint of? Hopeless causes. <laughs> now, when you think about that, I mean, where does hopeless causes fit into the framework of being the church community? The church is the community that brings hope. Mm. So quite mm. obviously, to be a community that brings hope, you cannot but ignore hopelessness.
2: You yeah. cannot
1: ignore people who try and put their lives together and then end up losing in the end. And you cannot look past the fact that in your pews are people who are broken. Mm. They don't Mm. often tell you what their brokenness is, but they are broken. So I think that's the point that somebody made to me once about saints. You know how depressed saints were, he said to me. (laughs) You know, they were not Happy-go-lucky people. They live deep lives of sacrifice. Yeah. You know, um, I'm not so sure which lady saint said this to God when she had asked him for something and it didn't come. And then what happened, then something bad happened. So she said to God, no wonder you don't have many friends. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so, 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 so whilst we look at each other and we see in all, it's never good all by itself. It's good in, in community with others. It's the Ubuntu thing. Mm -hmm. I am a person because you are a person. And we must never forget that. And the saints would never forget that. They were always part of a community. Yeah. They may have stood out for a particular thing, but it was all done in community.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of, of something um, some of my business partners um, when, we, when we're pitching for projects and we get a bit audacious with our, our demands, And then I always remind them, it's like, it's not stealing if your heart is pure. Yeah so if client is benefiting immensely, more than they could benefit from using anybody else's services. If we are bringing more to their table and we are extracting as much as we can out of that, not stealing if your heart is pure.
1: (laughs) You know, it's, it's a good lesson to learn because you see, it's about recognizing that unless you empty your pockets, you won't know how to fill it again. Mm. If you're comfortable that your pockets are full, but you're never emptying it, how can you be creative enough to fill it again? Mm. And do you see the value of emptying it for others? I came back from the States, from a sabbatical leave over in the States. Um, just before the week before I started my ministry, back in the parish again, I was... I went to a meeting that was on the agenda and I sat there and looked at the lay people leading this meeting and talking Mm -hmm. creatively and a fear came over me. The fear said, so now that you're back and these people are doing everything that you used to do, what place do you have amongst this congregation? As soon as that fear came, I heard the sense in my heart Now I've got something different for you to do. Mm. And that was a great liberating fact. That it made me realize that I'm not meant to hold on to stuff. Mm. I need to let go. Because then I I can be redirected to do something good elsewhere, having learned from that experience. Um, And yes... I know that there's all this thing about intellectual property and Mm. because it has to do with money and power. And I think those things just corrupt the whole thing. I'm glad you said it is what was in their hearts that mattered and not what was on the banking, in their bank accounts that mattered.
0: Mm.
1: So you spoke as a saint.
0: (laughs) I tried to I I'm I'm going to say something now um it's 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 got to do with something that happened very recently where um uh, a public figure was exposed through a video um he had been unfaithful to his partner although I don't think that they were married um and there was this whole idea of there's a child involved She took a video of him. He's popularized this video. He's lost everything now. What will there be to give to the child? So, my rebuttal is he only had those public facing roles with these companies because of the image that he was projecting. So, I'm sorry, but the hard work isn't in. Waking up early in the morning to be on TV and attending all of your commitments and flying all over. That's not the hard work. The hard work is being that person that you are portraying in the media. Absolutely. When the cameras are off. Absolutely. And if you can't be that person and you get exposed and everything gets taken away from you, that is on you. (laughs) You Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. But I think that's the illusions people go in with. Because Mm. I'm famous, because I've got all of this brand names behind me, because I've got money in the bank, I therefore am so powerful and touchable, I can do what I like because my brand is out there. Mm. But people find you a fake because your brand is just a cover up.
2: Yeah.
1: It's just about your business. But who are you as a person? When we speak about St. Francis of Assisi, we learn of a man who could show gentleness to a fly that irritates you and me. That fly that sat on Mr. Pence's head
2: Mm.
1: was called by Francis' brother fly. What is in such a... when he's able to recognize that the most vulnerable and the most irritating amongst us also belongs to us, also shares our life. And there's a respect that we must give to that one. And I think that you know when we when we're building up images about ourselves, is it truly who we are? Mm. You know, so it's also doing exactly what the commandment said we shouldn't do. Is building up false images. And then Mm. when that image is broken down, the true you is there and you're so shattered now because You have been revealed.
2: Mm.
1: You've been caught out. And when you caught out, and because you're so arrogant, who's going to help put your life together again? Mm. You know? And so you're right. We, we, We have to say, as I build this external image, I have a responsibility to ensure that my life either resonates with that because that's what I want. The image I'm displaying is to help others. Mm. Isn't that why you're giving an image? But if the image is there so that you can get wealthy behind the scenes, you're going to fall because you're creating a false kingdom for yourself. Mm -hmm. So I think you're correct in your rebuttal.
0: Talking about great revealings and revelations, our reading actually is from, (laughs) I like to refer to it as John's fever dream, because um, uh, there is a big school of thought that 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 sees it as as such, but Revelation seven um, verses nine to seventeen, which deals with the multitudes and the so earlier we were talking about the venerable and the right and all those things and like all the layers of service within the clergy. So here is a scene where there's different. Classes of people. So there's the angels that stood around the throne, the elders, and the four living creatures. Then they threw themselves face down in front of the throne and worshipped God. Um, And then there's like the people in the white robes who and holding palm branches in their hands. And there's like this continuing circles of different layers of people serving and venerating God. Um, How do we? how do we separate saints and prophets and angels and then like within the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, Jesus and God? Like how how do we create? I'm I'm a very logical thinker. I like things to be nicely compartmentalized so that I can then apply creativity to it. (laughs) Um, So give me a logical chain here. Okay. Can I just see that? By laying
1: this foundation for you in the prayer of the colleague, could I pray the prayer of the colleague now and then use that as the premise of what I want to say in response to what you're asking?
0: Yes.
1: God of Holiness, your glory is proclaimed in every age. As we rejoice in the faith of your saints, inspire us to follow their example with boldness and joy through Jesus Christ our Lord who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. Amen. So for me, my response to the question is really about who God is and mm-hmm. what exudes from God. In this, We are called to celebrate his holiness. The focus of all of the various peoples mentioned, the various groupings mentioned there, was that they all stood around the throne and they all did obeyance to God in worship mm-hmm. and in pray a praise song together. So whoever they were, whatever path they were called to follow, um, whatever duty they were called to do, um, they still had this one action of worship and of praise uh, to God. Now, again, coming to definitions, because we spoke about the the Venerables and all the reverence Mm. and stuff like that. Again, here is earthly language trying to make sense of a heavenly vision. Mm. How do you write what John saw in language that people can understand? He had this great vision that was given to him. He firstly says it's an enormous crowd. So there's no Mm. distinction. Then he said, well, hold it. Maybe they they, they couldn't be counted of all the people. So they were identified as Mm. people. Mm. We know people are associated with the the, the inhabited earth. Mm. So now in language that people understand, John says they were from every race, tribe and, and nation and language. So in heaven, in heaven, there's an inclusivity. If we were to determine race, tribe, nation, language in the way we do on Earth, it's with separation.
2: Mm.
1: It becomes a political ball game. Um, it becomes an economic um, tool mm. of empowerment. Yet. These were all coming together, standing in front of one throne, and they were all doing together what they were, were meant to do in terms of worshiping God. So, does it matter where they came from? We can celebrate the diversity,
2: hmm.
1: but what we do celebrate is the inclusivity. So, when we include, when we, when we celebrate inclusivity. Do we therefore put distinctions and value on the diversity? Mm. So let's, for example, say angels, what are they defined to be? We say the four living creatures, what were they meant to be? What were elders? So, in other words, all of us have a different function.
2: Mm.
1: God's magnanim- magnanimousness has enabled us to have a variety of of ways in which we bring glory to him through the the diversity that he has given us, the variety of of ways we are meant to be, each with our particular roles. The Mm. greatest intention that binds us together is that we worship him and we sing praise songs to him together in in a choir format. Mm. Or as it says there, they called out in a loud voice. And this was all, as it were, almost, from what I'm seeing, synchronized. But when we read Revelation, we read some symbolism. For example, where would we talk about palm branches?
2: Palm Palm Sunday. Sunday,
1: And what do they relate to? They related to the journey of the cross during Holy Week. So. Palm branches in the heavenly sense was the victory called Hosanna in the highest heaven
2: Mm.
1: was the one who would overcome the enemy, who would triumph. (coughs) And the palm branches in the heavenlies is that he did, in fact, triumph. Mm. Robes are identified with clothing, what we wear, but it also symbolizes the life we live. Yeah, because in our terms of our robes, the things we pick up that smudge our lives. And they talk about dressed in white robes. Now, how Mm. did this white robes um, like he asked one of the elders, where do they come from? Yeah. And I said, I don't know. sir. you do. And what what does he say? They are people. Who have safely come through the terrible persecution? Now, was this persecution what happened in AD 6670, where the nation of Israel was destroyed, as it were? The temple was destroyed
2: in halfway.
1: Was he talking about that? But they talk specifically about a terrible. A terrible persecution. So this must have been very destructive. And what does it say? They have washed their robes. And made them white. With the blood. Of the lamb. Hmm. So it talks about Jesus. His blood shed. What does his blood shed mean. For us. Um, So I would say that. There may be differences. In the function and the roles of of saints ministers but the collective intention everything is focused on the worship and praise of god mm-hmm. everything focused on the character of god which is holiness and therefore if we focus on the on the character of god we are called to be holy in fact jesus taught as much in the in the Sermon on the Mount, which the gospel is about,
2: mm.
1: be holy as your father in heaven is holy. So the picture that, he, that John is giving us is on par with the picture that Jesus is giving us. The life we are called to live, which ye exemplify, is the life that is caught up in the Beatitudes.
2: Mm.
1: That's a call to holiness. It is like a new Ten Commandments. Yeah. Does that make sense to you?
0: Yes, it does. Uh, but it leaves one question, though. So we have all the prophets in the in the Old Testament, right? right. Then we have all the witnesses in the New Testament. So those are all the, the epistles and all those things that's telling the life. So. Is there so so then like Revelations, the last book in the Bible, it's like the final prophecy. It's the great apocalypse, which is an interesting Greek word <laughs> because it gets misinterpreted such a lot. Like the apocalypse is literally a revelation. It's a revealing. It's not. It's not an event. It's yeah. a
2: yeah
0: <laughs> yeah it, it, yeah. It's, it's 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 a weird thing to wrap your head around. Um, but so. Like, I take a very historic view of Revelations where you try and equate it to things that have happened. But then you get, like, the futurists who then now become the, the latter-day, like, prophets where they're still trying to say that these things shall come to pass. Oh, yeah. Like, I I I... I, I guess I'm struggling with the idea of, of the second coming and how that has like been weaponized by a yeah. lot of people um, to kind of scare average humans into a certain way of life and a certain belief system. So like, my question is, is there still a role for prophets in current society, like post-Jesus' death? Because he's now the archetype of how you should live your life. And everybody is able to then wash their clothes in, in the blood of the Lamb. Look, I certainly
1: believe that the Spirit of God doesn't stop they the work in one generation and not continue the work in the next generation. Hmm. But I think what has happened, how do, you, how do you recognize these people when the church is such a divided community, across denominational lines, across traditional lines, um, across all kinds of lines.
2: Mm.
1: We then, de- you know, as it were, um, you know, the, the, the spirit of God doesn't suffer from schizophrenia. Mm. We do. So how in our schizophrenic state does the spirit help us by still giving gifts for the common good mm. and at the same time continues to help us remember that Jesus prayed father that they may be one as you and I are one that that longing must still be deep in the heart of everybody now I certainly find it very difficult when I listen to the way that these so-called modern prophets are projecting themselves. Um, Again, it's a theme that comes from the American right wing. Mm. They have, as you so rightly say, weaponized Christianity. And that, unfortunately, um, history... tells us that the church wasn't necessarily focused on all of the gifts that were given to the church as Romans and as uh, First Corinthians tell us. In other words, Pauline writings tell us. Mm. We were very much more fixated on what the Romans were teaching us about ranks and offices. Yep. Hence, we sit yeah. with bishops and popes and all of that kind of thing. That's where the rank comes in, mm. right? But what was the function of it? What was the function? You know, I, I'm I'm very deliberate. For example, do I believe that if you are a bishop, you wear a different color to those that uh, color shirt to those that are uh, um, that are clergy? Mm. When mm. we are all meant to consider ourselves as deacons, dolos, the mm. akanos. Those who serve why should the color matter? Your function may be different, but does that necessarily mean we will degrade you if you have a different color? We have respect for the office and the office you're called to, because we know that our office points to Jesus. It's part of inclusive ministry with him. So we have unfortunately in more traditional churches downplayed this thing about prophets. Then some have come. And they have made themselves prophets.
2: Mm.
1: And mm. have have, have um, you know, how the heck can a leader of the church said, i major one. That's a military title. And then he still says he's a prophet. And we don't know whether the things behind him, I find it very, I must say to you, when I hear some of the stories that these people do, then I say. Uh, you know, I, I one day, one day, I mean, I'm going to be public about this. Mm. My brother and I were always for a long time on different sides when it comes to the church. Mm. He would create himself as more evangelical. I then give myself a label.
2: Okay. I
1: seek to be a yeah. disciple of Jesus. And I embrace the healthy part of each tradition that can be embraced. that helps me in my spirituality and in my community building, for the kingdom's sake. But I don't fixate myself on a label. He had interpreted a particular biblical text in the Old Testament, and the way he interpreted it meant that that text was saying that those who did this, hell was their destination. Mm. Why? Because the prophet said this. You know, I don't know where it came from, but I said to him, you know, my brother, I am not, having heard you say that, I'm not so sure that you and I believe in the same God in him. Hmm. I had the courage to say of conviction to myself, I said when Father Franco was still working with us. I said to to them, "Do does Father Franz, when I speak to you about the same Jesus, mm. because I can make up Jesus for you, that may not necessarily be on the in the Bible." What have these prophets begun to do? They've become so important. Mm. Unlike John the Baptist, who said, "I'm unworthy to even die the laces of his Mm sandals he must become more and i must become less Mm -hmm. so we are living in a time when these um, functions and titles have been hijacked they become a power tool and Mm -hmm. they are demonstrated in that way i'm afraid that I've got to say to you. I have to distance myself from. it Because when I look. At the gospel and the sacraments.
2: Mm. Of
1: our Lord. I don't see anything of that in them. When, when one po- poem, poet was writing about. The cross he says. What do I see. In the cross. Power no. But humility. Mm. Do I see self? No, selflessness and sacrifice. So when Jesus (coughs) gives us the beatitude, without saying,
2: This is who I am to you, he is saying, This is who I am to you.
1: Mm -hmm. He could not speak of Anything that he was not prepared to be and to become. Mm. So it's in knowing Jesus that we are able to become poor in spirit. That we are able to grieve and mourn. That we are able to be meek. That we are able to embrace hunger and thirst for the sake of righteousness. Mm -hmm. that we are able to embrace being merciful, purity in heart, peacemakers, even persecuted
2: for righteousness sake, being reviled. This Mm -hmm. is all of who He is. And we can only become
1: this if we are in Him.
0: And it's it's good that you, you brought that out because obviously that's going through what, what the gospel was saying. Um, and then there's this lovely duet or con- uh, oof, I just lost my word now. <laughs> it's like a continuation of, of the same thing. There's a there's a relationship between blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And then in Revelation, um, when the elder is explaining to To John, in verse sixteen, he says, "Never again will they hunger or thirst." Yeah, and it's just yeah, it's just like bookending those those two ideas.
2: Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Uh, And yeah, that's again, (laughs) as I explained, I think it was last week, uh, one of the 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 great problems I have with with the editing of the Bible (laughs) because I can see how it has been done, I know the techniques to bring about that kind of continuum. Continuum. Yeah. Um, But on that point, I will leave you, and if you could bring up a few more points of reflection in the prayers of the church, Father.
1: Just remember, the Bible's way of doing this is to continue telling a story that lives Hmm. on from antiquity to eternity it's a lived story and this story in revelation is about bringing hope to those that were in hopelessness and despair Mm -hmm. so um, when, when we reflect therefore on um the response to the word and the themes that further our theme today We are playing a song by Matt Meyer called, Lord, I Need You. Every hour I need you is what he says from the old hymn. That is what the saints would have said in their prayer. I'm doing this, Lord. I'm praying like this because I need you. How would they have prayed? They would have prayed like this, blessed Lord your son turned expectations upside down by offering the kingdom to the poor and the persecuted. So we petition God to give his church in this day and age faith, trust in him and not in riches or trappings of power. How would the saints have prayed? They would say, blessed Lord, you called peacemakers your children and honored those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And our petition in this day and age is, Lord, bring in your justice and equity. We can never stop praying for that. Guiding all in political office. To walk in your mercy and truth. How would the saints have prayed? They would have prayed like this. Blessed Lord, you show yourself to the pure in heart. We petition God like the saints. Give us contrite hearts. For all that blurs our vision of it. Give us the sins that separate us from one another and from you. How would the saints have prayed? They would pray like this, blessed Lord, we will bless you at all times. That was captured in the vision of revelation. So our petition is God, give us voice to praise you in darkness and light. Revive us, O Lord, and make us whole. How would the saints have prayed? They would have prayed like this, blessed Lord, you comfort all who mourn and give cause for rejoicing. And we petition, God, be with all those whose hearts ache with grief. Salvation belongs to you, Lord, and you wipe every tear from our eyes. And they would have done these prayers, singing to the Lord a new song. Let the faithful rejoice. We are also called at this time, Lindsay, to pray for all students undertaking exams. We pray for the necessary time of prepare, preparing themselves, giving thanks for wonderful opportunities of education. Um, looking forward to the writing of the exams themselves, that God would calm their nerves by coming close to them, remove anxious thoughts, and give them tranquil spirit. Also to, to pray that God may help them to do their best. Answer questions clearly and express thoughts lucidly. And then to thank him that he has promised to be with us in all things. Ask that he would stay very close to them in this experience of their lives in Jesus' name. In the face of France having to extend its lockdown restrictions, Italy, where violence has been against the police for restrictions that have had to be um, exemplified and even in our own nation where COVID has not relented and people are being infected uh, the surge is going. we pray author of life healer of the nations grant us courage to face our trial Give us wisdom to find relief. Faith to live responsibly. And to grant us your salvation for Jesus Christ's sake. There is also a hymn that celebrates the the saints. Uh, The hymn has this first line, Lord, you teach us to be humble in things we do and say. So I hope that that will be the prayer of our hearts going into this week lindsay i draw our podcast to a close um, giving the commission and benediction as i thank all those who tuned in and um, if you find this podcast helpful please let us know and tell others about it if you found it troublesome please let us know the questions that we can explore them with you if you have found anything unhelpful, please let us know so that we can work on that as well. But we pray that this may be a tool in God's hands to bring hope in a time of hopelessness, to explore faith in a time of challenge, and to be community for the sake of witness. Go now and live in awe of God. Purify yourselves in heart and in deed. hunger and thirst for righteousness and show mercy, making peace. And may God take your burdens and free you from fear. May Christ Jesus be your shepherd and your shelter. May the Holy Spirit guide you to springs of the water of life. Let us go into this week in peace to love and serve the Lord.